to the AfterBuzz TV network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Once Upon a Time. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Once Upon a Time news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Once Upon a Time. Welcome to After Buzz TV Once Upon a Time. This is your host, Jason Parsley, Editor-in-Chief, South of the Gay News. Uh, Mike Rothman, Hollywood.com. And Meredith Seven. Hi, guys. Hello. Tonight, um, tonight's episode, we had a lot about the Seven Dwarves, so we wanted to come up with our own little Seven Dwarves names. Mike? I am either Spiky, or if you want to go to the uh, True the Storyline, Dopey. Yeah, we'll go with Dopey. I'm going to go with Bashful for myself. And I am Bitchy. That's not going with the storyline, though. I like it better. Better than grumpy? Yeah, better than grumpy. <laughs> the gay grumpy would be bitchy, okay? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> the queen. So tonight we're going to start off with our summary. Tonight's episode, 715, was all about Snow White, Prince Charming in the fairy tale world, and in the real world, Mary and David. So tonight we see a little bit about Snow White and Prince Charming and their love and their love kind of developing. But in the end, we see it set back even further in the fairy tale world. Prince Charming is about to marry his uh, princess, King Midas's daughter in order to merge the two kingdoms. However, we see that he's still in love with Snow White and he reaches out to her by sending her a little note on a dove, which she receives quite promptly. And she goes to him only to be thwarted by the um, Prince Charming's father, the king, his men capture her and throw her in jail where she meets the first dwarf, Grumpy, who we find out that Grumpy had a little bit, I guess he has a broken heart. So that's how he became Grumpy was with a broken heart. So Snow White um, confronts the, ends up confronting the king who tells her that she needs to break it off with Prince Charming or he will kill him. And so she does that. She breaks it off and she leaves to go back home. Uh, at the beginning, though, I, I did miss that she went to. She first approached Rumpelstiltskin for a, a way to, I guess, be together, to bring them together. And I think um, she wanted. She didn't. That wasn't her intention at all. She wanted to uh, 
buy a potion to forget him or buy something to forget him. Cause remember he, he's the one who said, I can't do that. And she's like, don't worry. That's not what I want. Yeah. Yeah. She well, And at the end we see her take the potion in which she forgets the love of her life. And we also miss that a certain dwarf helped grumpy and snow white escape. Well, we're going to talk about that later. We're doing a quick, quick little rundown of the show. We'll get so, into that. That's a funny part of, of the show. What's different from the original tale. So in the real world, we see Mary also and her feelings for David. She goes to the coffee shop every single morning at 7.15 a.m. in order to see David. And we see by the end of the, ep- by the, end of the episode, uh, they, well, in the middle of the episode, they almost kiss. But then Mary tells David that his wife could be pregnant so they kind of hold off on it and then by the end of the episode i thought it was a little weird david goes to his wife tells her that she he wants to work it out wants to be together they're going to go to therapy and then two minutes later he's uh, making out with snow white in the middle of the street so that's the quick rundown of the show besides that emma confronts the mysterious stranger tonight and we don't really nothing else is really developed in the storyline, just those two plot points. Overall, what did you think, uh, Dopey? Uh, I thought it was good. I, I usually don't like the Prince Snow stories and storylines. They, they tend to be a little slow. This one was not. This one interwove everything together. We will get to that, obviously, when, you know, in, in our points. Um, but I think first we're going to get into a quick history rundown from Professor Stebbin over here, Meredith who's going to give us the original story, then I'll go over how it was a little bit different and how, obviously, ABC changed it up a bit. Well, Meredith, what did you think of the episode? I have to say, at first I was disappointed, only because last week's episode with Hansel and Gretel did a really good job of um, portraying the, old, the original Brothers Grimm. I, uh, I think it, it stuck to the story, and this you know, didn't stick to the story at all, but by the end, I was happy with how they did it. I, I think, from a writer's perspective... From a writer's perspective, I appreciate this one a little bit more just because of I can't imagine what they had to do changing everything up and interwoven, inter, inter, you know, interwoven with everything, every story. And you'll see, I think it was from Rumpelstiltskin to future things. What a, just what a mess. And you said, you know, the Hansel and Gretel story from last week was a little more true to the original Brothers Grimm. So um, I, I appreciated this one. Yeah, and I think it was kind of a filler, too, because we probably, chances are, won't see Hansel and Gretel again or the mechanic or, you know. So originally the... Yes, Jason? I didn't get to tell my thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch out there. Bitchy here. there, grumpy. <laughs> I was a little bored. I thought it went a little bit slower than some of the other episodes. I mean, I understand the whole point of the show actually is the love between Snow White and Prince Charming and, and whatnot. But love stories in general can be a little boring. You know, especially when there's no evil queen throwing her magic around or whatnot. The queen wasn't in there. That's the only reason you didn't like it. Well, I love the queen, but I think she's a badass, even though I also think Snow White is a not your typical, you know, and obviously this show, she's not your typical damsel in distress. She's far more than a badass than in the original fairy tale. Yeah. You know, she does, definitely doesn't need saving from Prince Charming. But I thought it was a little slower paced, so... I wasn't quite coming as thrilled. Guy, coming from the guy who wants to talk about love a little bit later, it's one of our talking points. Well, because that's all the episode had to offer was a lot of love. 
Go ahead, Meredith. Well, originally, uh, Snow White was entitled Little Snow White. Um, and interesting that in 1937, the dwarfs were given names for the first time. And the original from Disney, right? from Disney yes. Um, originally, a queen was sitting by her window sewing her, her uh, black window, her flame. The frame of the window was black, which we'll hear about. Um, she pricked her finger, and three drops of blood fell into the snow. The red on the white snow looked, like, beautiful. And she thought to herself, if only I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood frame. The queen, I'm uh, sure you can jump in. Just wanted to, this is actually the, the, from the Brothers Grimm, obviously in the early 1800s. This story is actually the first one that has where once upon a time becomes legendary. The story starts off once upon a time, a queen is sitting, sewing, blah, 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 as, as Meredith explained. I think that's pretty, you know, pretty relevant that, that this is really where it comes from. And the show is once upon a time. So pretty interesting. I just thought that when I was, we were doing our research, I thought that was pretty creative. So the queen eventually gives birth to a little girl who has all three of these characteristics and calls her Snow White. And unfortunately, the queen dies after giving birth. A year later, the king remarried and he remarries the evil queen. It's a proud, arrogant woman who hates that anyone else um, is as beautiful as she is. She has a mirror that she asks every morning, is anyone fairer than her? And of course, the mirror replies, Snow White. Uh, the queen does not want to hear this. And she sends a huntsman to take Snow White into the woods and eat. I'm sorry, not eat, and grab her liver and lungs. Yeah, it wasn't the heart, which is different. We we, we saw it was in the, the TV show. She wasn't the heart. But like you said, yeah, she eventually wants to eat the liver and the lungs, and she well, she does. She eats a, a liver and lungs from a boar that right. the huntsman tricks her with. So, like the show, the huntsman feels bad, lets Snow White go, and kills a boar. So the queen's tricked, but only for a little bit. Snow White eventually runs off and finds herself um, in the house of the seven dwarves. And I actually think this is interesting. When she um, she gets to the house, there's tiny plates, tiny uh, mugs, and tiny beds, which was reminiscent of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. She drinks out of each. She tries every bed, and eventually the seventh bed is perfect for her, and she falls asleep. The seven dwarves come home. They find Snow White sleeping, and she explains uh, what the evil queen has done. They warn her that the queen will come and try and look for her, and eventually she does three times. The first time, she attempts to sell the queen a lace bodice, in which uh, she attempts to Snow White sell Snow White the lace bodice. Ties it up way too tight. She is unconscious. The dwarves find her. The second time... is a, It's a poison comb, and she offers to comb her hair. And just like with the apple you'll get to, Snow White collapses with the poison comb. Right. And, and each time it's weird. I guess the, uh, the dwarves are all trained in CPR because they revive her the first two times. Unfortunately, the third time, she is not revived, and 
she is put into a coffin after the dwarves mourn for three days. Um, eventually, she looks too beautiful to bury, and they put her in a mountainside with gold letters on the coffin that read Snow White Queen. And this is where, my opinion, I'll ask Jason's opinion, I guess he likes it. I think this is one of the most ridiculous grim stories where the prince rides by, and at this point, you've noticed they haven't met before. And in the Disney one, I think they've met, and then the queen, you know, is out to kind of change things with the same three tricks, with the, you know, the comb, the apple, everything like that. The, the prince rides by, notices her beauty, falls in love with her, and asks the dwarves to take the glass coffin. And, and there's no kiss in the original Grimm. No, no, no. It's the, the servants carrying Snow White trip and fall, dropping the coffin, and the piece of apple choking her is dislodged. And she wakes up, and they fall in love, and happily ever after. Well, eventually, they have a wedding at the castle. Oh, yeah. in which oh I forgot the most ridiculous part. The queen hears about and she is forced to wear hot shoes. Her her shoes are put into the coal. There's, they, they didn't want to do just one version because it was such a good ending. They wanted to do two. Instead of one version is that she wears hot iron shoes until she dances and melts away and dies. And the other version is Ooh. the queen. As, pun, as punishment for trying to kill Snow White because she's now a queen. But Snow White's a queen herself. So in the gr- original Grimm, at the end... Um, the, the, well, the, the prince, a.k.a. the king, and Snow make her wear hot iron shoes brought over in a tong because they're so hot and make her dance until she dies in the first one. In the rewrite, uh, since it, was, it wasn't perfect enough, they make her dance again in hot shoes until she has a heart attack and dies. And apparently, I guess the dwarves weren't there to revive her because she dies. So that's pretty much the history. Kind of ridiculous. Um, I not my my favorite Grimm. There's a lot of really good Grimm stories. I, I like the Jimmy Cricket original Grimm. I like a lot of the other tales from them, but this one was kind of one that was ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of weird. What exactly was the prince going to do with a dead, a beautiful dead body? These days, maybe. I mean, there, <laughs> it sounds like a thousand ways to die. I mean, these days, we could probably read a story like that in People or something or Us Weekly, but back then, where did they come up with that? It's my thing, but... Yeah, you know, the Grimm's, they obviously were a little twisted, so. little Grimm, those Grimm's. So, let's move on into how the story was different, which is pretty much everything. The, wow, where do we begin? We'll make it as quick as possible. Um, So, you just heard the original story. In ABC's take, tonight we saw, obviously, Red Riding Hood was involved, which I thought was weird in the story. Red Riding Hood is kind of aiding a betting little old Snow White and bringing her food once a month? And how does she survive once a month on food? Anybody want to have a take on that? That, that looks like a pretty big, big basket, I have to say. No, no, Snow White was about to kill her own food with the turkey, but she scared it off. But Little Red Riding Hood scared it off. So clearly they're friends. And you had a, Meredith, you had a good point about the difference between Red Riding Hood and yeah. the fairy tale world and the real world. This was the first character where in the real world she's more vampire and dare I say slutty and she, she's more natural looking in the fairy tale world. more bitchy? More cartoonish actually. Yeah. In the, in the real world. Yeah. So that was interesting. Again, we'll get back to the, you know, weaving everything together. 
we see again that, you know, Minus's daughter is bequeathed to marry the prince who's, you know, Snow White's in love with. That's a huge combination there. And then I, we, we, we touched on it earlier that Rumpelstiltskin sells Snow the potion uh, to make her forget about the prince. He takes a piece of her hair for the potion. What does he want that for? Any, I think we're kind of all baffled by that one. What, what does he want a piece of her hair for? I'm looking at a blank Jason right now. Because he likes to have, he likes to control people. And to do that, it's sort of like you need your DNA, I guess, something close to you. He's like Jason Schwartzman in that one movie. He wants to make little hair dolls. <laughs> so after that, uh, what was, oh, the, oh, the quote that uh, Grumpy, of course, this is different. The biggest difference was stealthy. They made up a another dwarf just to kill off, which I thought was fantastic. Stealthy, which any any opinions on that? He obviously wasn't too stealthy because he got hit by the arrow and died pretty quickly. So stealthy was not good at his name. So they make up a dwarf just to kill off, which I thought was all right, a little funny, whatever. And then. Um, if you notice that, that when Snow White was locked in the dungeon for trying to approach the prince and after she got the letter from the dove, that's the same dungeon that Rumpelstiltskin's in years later when Snow White, we saw episode one or two, Snow White and the prince come down and ask how to defeat the queen. I thought that might be the same one, but do we know for sure? Yeah, I'm sure that. there's plenty of dungeons it's- in fairy tale world. It's got to be the same one. If they're, if they're as smart as they are, inter, like intertwining everything, it's got to be. Why would it have to be the same dungeon? It looks like a totally different dungeon to me, actually. I disagree. Because Snow White. There is only one dungeon Rump- in Fairy Tale. No, Rumpelstiltskin was trapped in Snow White's dungeon, not Prince Charming's dungeon. So that's, that's her kingdom where he, Rumpelstiltskin was trapped. Are you sure? Did they say she was locked in Snow White's dungeon? They were just they went down to see her. I mean, see him. Because the, the evil queen, she took the kingdom from the evil queen. And the evil queen is her stepmother. We've seen, there's like nine k- kingdoms. And there's like nine... There's, know, but, but Snow White is the stepdaughter of the evil queen, meaning they live in the same kingdom. I understand. I've been watching the show. I know it's the same kingdom. I mean, I just think that it was the same dungeon. I'm starting to get my confused myself. I think it's the same dungeon that we saw Rumpelstiltskin in. I, I disagree. Yeah. Meredith? I think the dungeons are kind of like a Holiday Inn. They all look the same, even though they're in different parts. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll uh, I'm sure we'll get some comments on that. Maybe someone will call me an idiot or call you an idiot. We'll hear. So, uh, call out a couple points. Just uh, for people that don't know, the Grumpy is played by Lee Ehrenberg. He, uh, and you, you brought up that he has a broken heart too, just like Snow White. A lot of broken hearts in this series. He's from Pirates of the Caribbean. You guys might know him as, as one of the uh, pirates off the Black Pearl. Didn't the dwarf seem a little tall? Yeah, he, he, Lee Ehrenberg, um, Ehrenberg, right, is actually not a dwarf. Yeah, I don't think any of the... Um the seven dwarfs. Thanks for pointing that out, Dopey. I thought he was a dwarf. Well, you said they, they seemed a little tall. They're, they're just short adult men. I got that. Um, 
what I meant by they seem a little tall for dwarves because they can, you know, the film editing, they can do things to make other people look taller. Like in the Lord of the Rings, the people that played the hobbits weren't hobbits. I know. Either. I know. I know that Sean Aspen is not a hobbit. He's from Rudy. He's, he's a normal-sized man. Um, hello. <laughs> Bitchy is on fire tonight. So, okay, what else do we see? Oh, Doc, legendary quote that obviously we, we don't see anywhere else but here. After Stealthy is killed, he says, now we are seven, which I thought, I, you know, the second he said that, I jumped up, like, who said that? You know, it was a consensus. It was Doc. I think that's absolutely legendary. It's a, obviously a fabricated origin, but fantastic. And, um, you know, we end the story. We'll, we'll find out more about it, but that Snow drinks the potion. And she has no idea what Prince Charming is. She will find out, obviously, because they end up together. But a lot of differences. There, I mean, we got Midas, we got Red Riding Hood, we have, it just, they really weave everything together in such an excellent manner. Very, very exciting to see. Jason? I agree. Um, Mysterious Stranger, we've met him briefly tonight. Uh, at first we met him in front of Henry's house and Henry goes and confronts him, talks to him, and he doesn't give him much information. He says... What did he say? He said he was here for a visit, but then he said he had a mission. It's a job to complete or something. And the mayor, Regina, is obviously very concerned about this stranger who is played by Ian Bailey, and he spells his name E-I-O-N, which is very strange spelling of Ian. But he he's known for roles in... Fight Club. He's known for roles in. He was Ben Mercer in Covert Affairs on USA. Mine Hunters. Almost Famous. Some other movies he was in. Someone has the IMDb app on his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, so yeah. So uh, I thought it was um, interesting when he went to Emma and you know he was playing a little game. Oh, what's in my box? What's in my box? Which sounds a little kinky when I say it that way. What's in my box? But he opens his box and it's a typewriter. And he, I guess it's clear that he's a he, he's a writer. And I'm thinking the most shocking thing of the episode or the most shocking thing of the series is that who in 2012 brings a freaking manual typewriter? you know, with them, and they're going to be typing on this. So what Jason wants is he wants, in a grim, you know, ancient, classic, like, show, he wants someone to come in with a MacBook Pro and say, I'm a writer, like a, it, it's, it adds to the effect. It's like, a, it's like an, almost like an artifact. It's like this uh, ancient typewriter that he's going to change history with, probably. I know, but it didn't make sense. It made sense to me with the show, and, and it's, it's an... There's, in the fairy tale world, if you had a typewriter, but not in the real world, no one uses typewriters. Well, obviously it's special. Duh. Well, special how? I think, well, I don't know, I'm going to take this from anybody. I think Meredith called it out. She was the first one to say, what do you, who do you think he is? I think it's a descendant of the Grimm brothers. I think he's a Grimm brother. You think he is a Grimm brother? I think he is a Grimm brother. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty amazing because maybe he can change things just by with his little typewriter and just change stories up. 
history's past. I mean, who knows what he can do? No, I like the Meredith's um, exp- explanation better. He's a descendant of one of the Grimm brothers because the Grimm brothers didn't live in their own fairy tales, so they wouldn't be they wouldn't be alive forever. But this guy who wrote the fairy tales, maybe he could come to Storybrooke and and enter Storybrooke, unlike. Uh, so many others because who wrote the story that Henry got a hold of? It was given to him by Mary, the school teacher. And it's written by this guy. But no one explored where did Mary get that book from? Well, they're going to explore it now. <laughs> Perhaps so. It was written from with a manual typewriter from 1800. <laughs> and then the artwork was painted in by a master craftsman over six generations. Not on Photoshop. I, I mean, it's pretty... I think it's a pretty big change to bring something like that into the show. But what did you say about the three-episode arc? Oh, yeah. It, I don't know if IMDb is 100% up to date, but, I, you know, doing research to find out who he was and, you know, just to kind of get background information. Everyone is updated to 22 episodes, the main characters, like Emma Swan and Snow White. He only has three. So my guess is I hope they don't, I hope maybe it's just like, you know, how some things aren't always 100% up to date. I'm hoping that he has more than three episodes because he's already had two. So is next week that's it? And the amount of screen time he had in both of those episodes combined is, what, three minutes? So that would... It's got to be off. It's got to be off. I just saw it, and that was my first reaction, because we're only in episode, like, 12, so there's no way 22 is that far, you know, close to now. So I just hope they don't just drop him off, because it's a really nice little arc that they put in there. Well, we don't know what the arc is yet, so how is it nice? Well, we're gonna <laughs> we have no idea what it is. Well, when we get into news, we're going to talk. I know we have to hold it back. When we get into news later on, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be something amazing, I'm guessing. I, we don't know. No one knows. Amazing indeed. It'll be another lost BlackRock crazy plug-in. We'll see what it is. So, Jason wanted to talk about love. And we're going we're gonna, to... Me and Bitchy are holding hands right now as we speak. So love, love conquers all in once upon a time. Jason, take it away. Well, I thought it was, you know, obviously the whole episode was about love. And so every character had their little, you know, quotes about love. Like Rumpelstiltskin said, love is the most powerful magic. And then the king, Prince Charming's father, said, love is a disease. And then Grumpy said, um, I need my pain. It makes me who I am. So, you know, which is it? Is it the magic? Is it a disease? What is it, Meredith? Sometimes love is a disease. Sometimes it's magic. Usually it's a disease. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was poignant. Usually it's a disease. <laughs> it's like a virus eating away at you slowly. And if you could take virus, if you could take the potion, would you? Do you believe in Grumpy's view that the pain makes you who you are, or if you could take the potion and erase the pain and, forget, and totally not even remember it, would you, Meredith? Isn't that what Vino's for? <laughs> oh, you had to go all all elegant and Vino. Vino, how about just vodka? Vodka, that too. I no, I I agree with Grumpy. I think it makes you who you are. You live and you learn. It really is reminiscent of sunshine. Was it eternal sunshine on the spotless mind? And that's pretty interesting. Is it? Is that the the lessons you learn from relationships are sometimes more important than the heartache? You have to go through that. That's what makes you human. Otherwise, what's the point? So that says yes, you would um, 
Not drink the potion? Uh, I don't think I'd drink it. I'm sure I would. I'm such a little, like, a little weirdo. I'm, so, I'm such a, Yeah, I'd probably try a little bit. I'd be like, oh, and then I'd probably forget, like, the last name or something of her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that brings us to a commercial break, and after that, we'll... No, we're, we're, no we're going to do news. Don't we have a commercial break first? Yes, you're right. <laughs> Dopey. And then we'll come back with news. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Well, we're back with some news. Merit touched on the fact that we... I guess we didn't really touch on the white dove. And you know what I said to that? Screw the white dove. That was the most boring part of the entire damn story with, oh, it, like, oh, and they streamline it to be parallel to the real story. Oh, she, if she doesn't get back with her flock, she'll be alone. I say, you know what? Forget the dove. There are rats with wings. We're moving on to news. That's it. So news. Huffington Post actually got a chance to sit down with Jennifer Goodwin, which is great who you guys know is obviously Snow White and Mary Margaret. And she, it was a lot about this episode, but wasn't what was about the future was really good stuff. She talked about obviously the stranger and she said what we alluded to earlier. She said, it's going to be really good. She said that who's, what's coming up is going to be amazing. And it's what no one could think of. So maybe he is a grim. We, we don't know. Cause although we thought of that. So chances are, yeah, maybe it's something completely <laughs> crazy. Uh, she also talked about that she connects more with snow and her energy and her like, strength. So it's hard to go back and forth and it's hard to get herself, I guess, uh, weak, weaken herself a little bit to be Mary Margaret, which, which was nice to know. And she teased about, let's talk about the future episodes, the good stuff. Richard Schiff coming on from West Wing, coming on as Snow's father. And... We always we bring this up too, but we kind of think we go in and out. Emil De Raven from Lost is going to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and Amy Acker from Angels also going to have a little cameo. Finally, a nice little tease, which we all were arguing about during the show. There's a lamp coming up, so maybe a little Aladdin mix in with Snow's background, which at this point they're just mixing in they're mixing in everything. They're going to mix in like. Um, <laughs> like the Bourne trilogy at some point. Well, maybe the um, Mirror Mirror on the Wall was a genie before he became Mirror Mirror on the Wall. He was genie in the lamp. 
So that was pretty much it. She said she talked about my my boy Rumpel Steelskin, Rumpel Pimpskin, in my opinion, uh, Robert Carlyle. She calls him Bobby and said that it's hard to psych herself out to be scared of him because he's such a nice guy in real life. So hope that doesn't ruin things for everybody. But you know what? If it does, tough luck, guys. Tough luck. So that's um, brings us to favorite parts. Jason's favorite segment. What was your favorite part of the episode, Jason? Well, actually, before that, I just want to say that, you know, it seems that um, once upon a time when it came back from break, it actually was up, you know, in the ratings and whatnot. And it, two weeks ago, I believe it won its time slot. And then, so it's really um, just chugging along. And I think it's definitely going to go into season two. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, they're going to get a season two. If ABC can kind of... I guess tease us with that pan and like get a season two, even though we know it's not, they're definitely getting a season two. Hopefully the writers can um, stay away from this sophomore blues though, because a lot of times season twos really go off in a totally different path. Well, didn't, didn't lost have like seven seasons planned out from the get go? Not, no, not from, not from the get go. I think after like season three, they decided that at that uh, point they needed to because they realized that this that's it could go on forever with no resolution ever. So <laughs> I think they decided at that point that they needed to have an end date. So hopefully that this show will decide that at some point as well because I think uh, I think the show would I think this a uh, type of, this type of show works much better with an end result. Okay. So. Now we're going to swing it over to predictions. What about our favorite parts? Favorite parts first, Dopey. Mike's really really, um, living up to his name. Like before the commercial break. Doing it on purpose. Before the commercial break, he's talking about news. Doing it on purpose. Dopey, Dopey. Okay, Meredith, favorite part. My favorite part was actually when Grumpy discovered that Snow White drank the potion. Enjoyed that part. That's that um that, that sets it up. Sets it up. Yeah. That does set it up a lot because now as we we'll see that her um her what I'm looking for her their storyline is now once again set back. Mm-hmm. So I think that once again this the storyline between her and Prince Charming is is really going to be delayed a lot. And they're going to have all these setbacks. It's not going to be very flowing or continuous and I think what um well i'll do that in predictions but mike your favorite part dopey i i don't want to be cliche but i, I like the kiss at the end then you, you know it was dramatic i know it was forced but when i just kind of close my eyes and think about what stuck out from the show the first thing that pops my mind is the kiss no really explanation for it but that's the one that sticks out not the damn dove meredith not the damn dove <laughs> hope that dove gets shot down <laughs> So Dopey's done talking about segues. Jason, my favorite part was when Rumpel was appro- when Snow White appro- approached Rumpel and he, you know, about the love is the most powerful magic. And then on top of that, the, when the king was saying love is a disease and just the contradiction between the two opposing viewpoints about love. <laughs> so that was my favorite part. I liked when the king said he was going to kill him. That's what I liked. Well, I won't yeah. kill you. I'll kill him. Yeah. He's not my son. He's not my son. I'll kill him. And now that brings us to predictions. 
AfterBuzz TV Predictions. I think we need Jason to start us off in here because we are baffled on what's going to happen in the future. I predict that <clears throat> Prince Charming will go to will have to um, go to Rumpelstiltskin and make a deal with him in order to get Snow White to remember mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah, it seems like everyone makes a deal with Rumpel at one time or another. And I'm sticking with uh, the stranger as a descendant of the Grimm and will somehow rewrite the stories in some way. And that's why Rumpelstiltskin took a piece of Snow White's hair. Because with that piece of hair, he'll be able to weave a spell to help uh, her remember. I think... Now... It's touchy because we, we just read that in, in the Huffington Post interview that we're not going to find out exactly what Snow White did to the queen to make her hate her so bad. But I think what well, we will find out, just not soon. Not soonish, she said. His exact quote, not soonish. So I'm guessing five, six, ten episodes in the future. I am thinking that next week we're going to see, because Richard Schiff's going to be the king, I think we'll see him die somehow, I don't think it'll be directly linked, and we don't know, there's obviously be gaps there, something that Snow White says, a secret that's revealed or something, and they won't obviously reveal the whole thing, but they'll tease us a little bit, maybe. What kind of prediction is this? What do you mean, what kind of prediction is this? Listen, bitchy. <laughs> that's not a prediction. A prediction is, I think Snow White will die. That's a prediction. What, what did you give us? I think Snow White's going to be a big blabbermouth and is going to spill something next week. I think we may end up hating Snow White just as much as the Queen does. I agree. I think we're all going to, for an episode, we're all going to hate her. We, we saw that, uh, it wasn't this week's interview, but that you know um, Jennifer Goodwin has been throwing screen, uh, scripts against the wall because she's so mad. It, you know, you're, you're messing with a timeless classic. Snow White's pure, not not in Once Upon a Time. She's not. She's she, she's about as pure as a uh, stripper Lily in, in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Well, I think it's, you know, the, the whole play, good versus evil and whatnot that Lost did so well with. You know, you had Kate, who was a criminal, and then one episode, you you find out you're you're really sympathizing with her. And then the next episode, you're not sympathizing with her so much when her backstory. So as parts are revealed one week, yeah, you may not like her. And next week you realize, Oh, oh, now I like her again. I predict that I won't be as dopey next week and I'm going to be on my game. We'll see about that. And that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. Hope you enjoyed. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 